0: All right, well, we are glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here as we continue in our series on overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And, you know, maybe you're a first time guest with us, and we're glad that you're here. And you might be feeling overwhelmed, what's going on? I'll tell you what, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm feeling a little hot right now. I feel a little warm. Is, is everybody agree with me? Is it warm in here? Uh, I wish the school would let me have the password to turn on the air conditioning, but they don't have that, and uh, they don't give it to me. Uh, but we will send out a letter or an email this week and contact in the school so we can make this better, and they can turn it on a little bit. So warm weather is making it a little warm in here. And, uh, but I'm not complaining about the warm weather, all right? Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, if you're a guest, thank you for coming. And if you, already, uh, in case you missed it already this morning, uh, in our welcome, Tom talks about a connection card in your program. We'll actually take a minute fill that out, and then at the end of our service, we'll have someone to collect the uh, connection card where you drop your pins, There'll be someone there you can drop it in that basket for your connection card. For all of us, there's other things for you to sign up as well. Well, we're going to talk about stress. You ever feel tired? Yes. Yes. All right. Do you ever get weary? Do you ever feel tired? Do you ever feel worn out? Do you ever have days when you just don't have a lot of energy and just don't know why? Maybe this will help. If you're an adult of average weight, here's what you accomplish every single day. In a 24-hour period, your heart beats 103,689 times. Your blood travels 168 million miles a day. You you breathe 23,040 times. You inhale 438 cubic feet of air. You eat three-quarter pounds of food a day. You drink three-quarts of liquid every day. You speak. 25,000 words. 25,000 words every day. Some of you, a lot more. <laughs> you move 750 million muscles. I'm sorry, not million, just 750 muscles. That's a lot of muscles. You'd really be wow if it was in a million. You exercise 7 million brain cells. And you're saying, no wonder I feel tired. No wonder I feel wore out. You see, it's one thing for you and I to experience physical fatigue. But I believe that there's other kinds of fatigue that are far worse and far more debilitating. There's mental fatigue, emotional fatigue, there's spiritual fatigue. Now, the remedy for physical fatigue is sleep. That's the remedy for physical fatigue. But the only remedy for the other kinds of fatigue that we just talked about is rest. Now there's a difference between sleep and rest. You can go to a drugstore store and you can buy something that will put you to sleep, but you can't buy anything that will give you the kind of rest that you need for your heart and your soul and your mind. You can't buy that. You get so tired and weary of fighting for your marriage, you just give up and you check out. You get so worn out from the financial pressures of life, you just let bills go unpaid and don't answer the phone calls when the collector calls. Some people just get tired and weary of life that they just end their life. A lot of us are messed up because we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed with stress. We have gone about as far as we can go, we've carried about as much as we can bear, and we've taken about as much as we can stand. So we're going to talk about how to deal with stress. Does any of these terms describe your life in general? Or maybe most of the time. Maybe you feel like all the time. Any of these terms relate to you? Overloaded. Overworked. Overcommitted. Overmatched. Overextended. Overanxious. Do you ever feel like your emotional tank is empty and just running on fumes? Do you ever feel that way? Now, as we begin this morning, I want to look at a story, one of the first stories in the Bible in Genesis, about two brothers named named Cain and Abel. Now, Cain got jealous of Abel's sacrifice being accepted by God, and his sacrifice wasn't. So Cain got jealous and killed his brother Abel. And God cursed him. In Genesis chapter 4, I want you to look at the curse. In verse number 11, God tells Cain, He said, you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer. On the earth. A restless wanderer. We're always searching. But never finding. We're we're interested in everything. But satisfied by nothing. Inwardly, we're always spun up. Our RPMs keep going. And we may try to find rest for our bodies. But we never truly find rest for our souls. We're anxious, we're tense, we're worried, we're concerned. Our minds don't know how to shut down. We might be sleeping at night, and still our minds don't shut down. We're overwhelmed with stress. Solomon, he asked a question in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, what do people get for all the toil and anxious striving? with which they labor under the sun. All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. We're overwhelmed with stress. You know what it means to be overwhelmed? To be overwhelmed means, uh, it's a symptom called deficit living. Deficit living. Overwhelmed people Live in the deficit, emotional deficit, relational deficit, spiritual deficit. Have you ever overdrawn in your checking account? You know what I'm talking You don't have to raise your hand, but I'll, I'll be honest. That's happened to me. And maybe if most of us are honest, maybe some of us have done that, okay. Um, but I have done that, all right? Someone been all right. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in the room. Uh, we have overdrawn, all right? And, and you're, living, you're living in financial deficit. It's also possible, possible to get overdrawn in life. When you get overwhelmed, you find yourself living in a deficit. You get overdrawn in your marriage. You get overdrawn with your kids. Overdrawn in your job. Overdrawn with your spiritual mental health, your relational health. Your emotional currency is out because you've hit the wall. You are living in a deficit when you're overwhelmed with stress. Overwhelmed with life. And people that are overwhelmed with stress, we need words. That begins with the word R-E, with the letter R-E. It's the prefix, R-E. We need these words. We need the word restore, renew, "revive." We need the word relax, replenish, refresh. And if those words sound like music to your ears, there's hope for you. Two questions I want to answer today that I hope that will help you so that we can live the life that God wants us to live. Here's the first question. Where do we find rest in our stressful lives? Where do we find rest? Where do we find it? Now what I'm going to tell you sounds like the preacher's the preacher answer. All right, this sounds too good to be true, kind of an answer. But i got to tell you, it is true through and through. It is true beyond the shadow of a doubt. You can mark it down, underline it in red, and highlight it for all you want because it's true all the way through. Where do we find rest for our souls? Where do we find rest in our stressful lives? And here it is, our souls find rest in God alone. It's that simple. But we find rest in God alone. Not God plus this. Not God plus that. But God alone. David, David the psalmist, in Psalm 62, verse 1, he, he said, Truly, my soul finds rest and god my salvation comes from him now let me stop here for a minute let me help you understand the words the difference between the word body and soul body and soul your body is what you see physically Uh, it's the makeup of who you are but your soul It's everything that you are inside. Your body just covers the soul. Your soul, in essence, is who you really are, your personality, your thought process. You know, your body isn't eternal. Your body will die, but your soul will live forever. Your physical body needs sleep when it's tired. Your soul needs rest when it's tired. And David said, my soul, inwardly, internally, in essence of who I am, only finds rest in God. In other words, there are no person, there's no thing, no experience, no vacation, no dream home, no amount of money. There's nothing outside of God that can bring rest in the essence of who I am, my soul finds rest in him alone. That's it. God alone. I love what St. Augustine, said about God. He said, God, you have made us for yourself, O oh Lord. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. In God alone does our soul find rest. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven. In verse twenty eight, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Sit at the feet of Jesus, learn from him. Not only is Jesus the Teacher, he's the subject. Learn from him. Let him teach you about him. Take my yoke, not your yoke. Well, some of you are wearing a yoke that you shouldn't be wearing. He said, "What's a yoke?" Well, a yoke is what you would put on an, an ox, os- uh, you know, and they would pull the, and plow the field. And and that yoke, you said, "Man, that yoke sounds like it's work." It sounds like pressure. But these yokes were each customized for every ox. They were made for that unique ox that plowed the field. That ox wouldn't be wearing another ox yoke because it wouldn't fit him well. And if it didn't fit him well, he wouldn't do the work well. And God has a custom yoke. See, you're wearing a yoke. And you're wearing the yoke of the world Jesus said, want you wear my yoke and learn from me, submit under me. That's what it literally says. Submit under me and me alone. Wear my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle. I'm humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I love the message translation. It's written so beautifully in the message translation, I want you to look at it. Verse 28 again, same passage of Scripture, Matthew eleven 28. Let's says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Man, I love that. The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus, not talking about rest for your bodies. He's talking about rest for your souls. And where do we find truth True rest for your soul? In God alone. So the next question, that's the first question, is where do I find rest? Second question, how do I rest in God? It's okay, I get it. The first answer was the preacher's answer how? How do I do it? How do I find peace for my soul? How do I find rest for my overextended? life. How do I find rest in God? And here's what the Bible teaches us. And we're going to look at the scripture. And we're going to look at a lot of verses here because I'm hoping that the scripture will land where you live. And that you will begin to live by the unforced rhythms of God's grace. I hope that the scripture that you will see Soak it in that you will see it so that you can start living life, not by your tempo, not by your rhythm, but by God's rhythm. I pray that this scripture will teach us here. Because the world says, go, 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 produce, 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 make more, make more, make more, more, more. And God wants us to live not by the world's rhythm, but by his rhythm. And when we find rest for our soul and when we seek him first, then he'll add everything else that matters. Everything else that you're you're trying to go after first, he will take care of those things and the things that matters when we seek him and find rest in him first. And if you're rested in your soul, I promise you, you'll be far more productive than you would ever be on your own. So three thoughts. How do we find rest in God? The first thing that the Scripture teaches us is this. Number one, be still before God. Be still before God. Psalm 46, verse 10. Again, David, he said, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Now, let me just go ahead and state the obvious. Notice the psalmist, he doesn't say, be busy and know that I'm God, okay? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, be productive and know that I am God. He doesn't say, be worried and know that I am God. He doesn't say, be anxious and know that I'm God. He doesn't say, be all revved up inside of you and know that I am God. He doesn't say that. The Bible says, be still, Stop. Pause. Still. Be still. And know, not just knowing your head, but knowing your heart, knowing your soul that God is on the throne. Be still and know that I am God. Last a year ago, my wife and I went to New York City to a conference. We'd never been in New York City, and and so the conference was um, right there in the heart of New York. And the conference (laughs) was called the Emotional Healthy Leaders Conference. And I think it's ironic because New York City is like the most hectic, crazy place in the world. I mean, we took a taxi cab from the from the airport to a hotel, and, and, and I'll tell you, I thought drivers in Detroit were crazy. You haven't seen nothing. I mean, cab drivers honking at the horn. I'm like, where are you honking? The guy can't go any faster in front of you. He's honking, and then he drives on the shoulders, on the shoulders to get around people. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? They're crazy. All right, and then you find the subway, and the, and the mass of people everywhere. And we went to a conference like there for our emotional health in the most unrealistic place to have it in New York City, the city that never sleeps. Uh, and, and so we went to the conference, and we actually um, you know, went to this little church out in, out in Queens, and, um, and, and in the conference, uh, the guy that wrote the book, I led this conference called The Emotional Healthy Leader, and we had to read this book. And I tell you, this book right here was awesome. Awesome reading. And there was a whole chapter in here about being still. Talking about taking that time out and resting in God. And there was a challenge. And one of the things that he said, I want you guys to aim for five minutes. Five minutes every day to be still. Now he, he, you know, this guy that wrote the book, he's a pastor. And he's talking to a room of pastors. There's about 60, 70 people in the room. And he talks about it. He says, I want you guys to be still. I want you to make that a habit. Okay, we can do that. We're pastors. You know, we're, we're skilled at this kind of stuff. This is what we do. All right? And so five minutes. Please still. Don't think about anything else but just to focus on God. And so I'm sitting there out of that conference, you know, and after, all right, we're going to do five minutes. You know, and that first minute easy because, you know, five minutes, you know, you, you got that first minute, you know, all right, I got that first minute. I'm done. You now first minute you start thinking about God. And then that second minute you start thinking, man, this is boring. All of a sudden, your mind starts to wander. You start to think about what you got to do this week. I got, oh man, what am I going to be talking about? You know, and, oh, I need to talk to this person. I need to make that phone call. You know, I got to do this job. What am I going to talk about this week? And I start thinking, and before you know it, I'm not focusing on God. Be still. And for five minutes, it was a struggle for me. And I realized that this was something that I had to grow into. And, and, and honestly, for the past year, and I don't always get it right, but for the past year, this is a discipline. I mean, not, I'm not talking about reading the Bible. I read the Bible. I spend time in God's Word. I'm talking about the, uh, the, the process of just sitting down and meditating. And that's at five minutes. I'm trying to grow that, right? I started somewhere, and here's my challenge for you, is practice a daily discipline for you for five minutes. For five minutes. For five minutes, sit with Jesus, sit with God, and be still, be pause, and wait, and know that he is God. And it's one of the most important disciplines that you can do daily. One of the most important things you can do every day is to be still before God for the sole purpose of knowing Him and nothing else. Be still and know that I'm God. On the back of your connection card, one of the next step decisions I'm going to challenge you is, you know what, this week I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to aim for five minutes every day. Five minutes every day. And I want to, I want, I, I need you to pray for me. Pray that I will do this for five minutes every day. And you'll find this to be difficult too. You will find it to be challenging because you're going to start your five minutes, and somewhere in the middle, somewhere along the line, you're going to start thinking, oh, the baby's diaper needs to be changed. <laughs> oh, I, the car needs to be washed, or the laundry needs to be done. I've got to go grocery shopping. I've got that project to do at work. Oh, no, Somebody probably posting something really good on Facebook. i got to go check it. You know, for five minutes. It's going to be a challenge. But I'm going to encourage you, five minutes, to be still and to know that I'm God. And you might say, but I don't have time to be still before God. And I will say to you, you don't have time not to be still before God. Now, just in case just in case we're not tuning in, because that was some good preaching right there. I don't know. That was some good stuff. You might be saying, Scott, I don't have time for five minutes to be still before God. And I say to you, you don't have time not to be still before God. Five minutes. Start there. It can only go up from there. But start small and aim to meditate, to be still and to know God. Here's the second thing that Scripture teaches us on how we can find rest in God. Just wait for him. Wait on God. Wait for God. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Man, we are such an impatient society. I mean, our prayers sometimes are like this. God, Give me patience and give it to me now. We're like that. We're we're so impatient. We're so impatient. We don't want to wait. The Bible says to be still, open up the word of God, and wait for him. People say all the time, how do I hear from God? I don't know what God's saying. I have not heard from God. And I say to you, wait. Wait wait be still and know and wait on god psalm 130 verse 5 and 6 i wait for the lord my whole being wait my body my soul my mind my strength everything wait and in his word his living word i put my hope i wait for the lord More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. How does a watchman wait for the morning? What do they do? What are they waiting for? Well, in the Old Testament, a watchman would stand on top of a wall, and their job is to look for the approaching enemy as they guard the city walls. And in the morning, typically with a shift, and when they see the sun rising up, the watchman on that wall would know, that his job for the day was over, you can get home and sleep. And so he knows, he knows in the darkness of the night, in the middle of the night, he knows that the sun will come up. The sun has never failed. Since the beginning of time, the sun always comes up. It always shows up. And, and that's how we're supposed to live for God. That's how we're supposed to wait on God. We wait for God with the same divine expectation that just as the sun is going to come up, God is going to show up. He never fails. He will show up. And we are to wait earnestly, but you know, He's not going to just disappoint. He's not going to leave you hanging. He will show up. He's not going to stand you up. Have you ever been stood up? You had a meeting and that other person didn't show up. Or maybe you had a date. And that date never showed up. They stood you up. God never stood, He never stood up for anybody. He always shows up. He always arrives with just wait for the Lord. As the watchman waits for the morning. So like the watchman waits for the morning, so my soul waits for God. Be still, O oh my soul, before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Our souls are all riled up, revved up. But we should be still before God. Be still before him. My soul waits patiently for him. We should be asking questions like, God, what do you want to say to me? God, what do you want to show me? God, what do you want to do in me? God, I'm waiting. Please show me. Show me. And the third thing that we should do if we rest in God. We're first, we're, we're still in God. We wait on God. And number three, we reflect. Reflect on the goodness of God. So often, if we're being still before God, we're so tempted to think about all that has to be done in our own personal lives in that moment. I want you to take a moment and think about all that God has already done in your life. Think about what he's done. Don't think about what you've got to do. But reflect on the goodness of God. Internalize the goodness of God. Psalm 116, verse 7. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Reflect on what he's done. Reflect on his goodness. Reflect on his grace. Reflect on his answered prayers. Reflect on how he changed lives. Verse 8 and 9. He said, For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. See, in the season of busyness, I still my soul. I wait for the Lord. I purposely and intentionally stop and quiet my soul. I sit down and I'm still. I wait for the Lord and I reflect on what He has done. I think about the names of God. I think about His provision and His goodness. I quote scripture to myself. Whatever scripture I know, whatever scripture you know, you can quote it and let it live within you. I remember all the prayers that God has answered throughout life. I think about his faithfulness. I remember that he delivered my soul from death. By the way, I don't do this for sermon prep. This is not my sermon prep. I don't do this, all right, i got to think about my sermon. i got to sit still for five minutes. No, 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 no. I do this because I need it. My soul needs this. I do this because I don't want to live the life and the rhythm that this world has to offer. I want to live by the unforced rhythm of God's grace. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to understand as you reflect on him, you need to understand that he has forgiven you, that you are a new creation in God, that the old is gone and the new has come, and that to bring rest to your soul, that he will not hold your sin against you, but they are forever cast in the sea of forgetfulness. He will not hold your sin against you, and that alone should calm your soul. You should reflect on what He has done. You reflect on who He is. That He's our Lord God, and our Lord God is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the one who was and is and is to come. We follow Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, and He is the Lion, of Judah. He is the soon-returning, conquering King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We serve a God who is so big that he's working in all things to bring about good for you, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He said that you will be blessed coming in and that you will be blessed coming out. He is the one that declares, for I have a plan for you, plans to prosper you and bless you, not to harm you, but to give you hope And the future, and when you meditate on him and you're worried about tomorrow, suddenly you realize that he's already in tomorrow. You're not worried about tomorrow. And because he was faithful yesterday, you know that he will be faithful tomorrow, that he will be faithful in the future, and your soul can be rest as you reflect on who God is. And I want you to know that God does not want to live all riled up on the inside, all stressed out, By the help and power and the presence of God, I know that you can live a productive, fruitful life. And yes, you can even have a busy life, but you can have calmness in your soul, healthy, and be healthy in your soul, healed in your soul, whole in your soul, living out your soul the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, Self-control, because we're not driven by the desires and needs and flesh of our body. We're not driven by the, by the rhythm of the world, but that we're driven by the unmasked, the unmasked grace, the unmasked rhythm of God's grace, the unforced rhythm of the grace of God. I believe our spiritual enemy, Satan, if we can't make it bad, he'll make it busy, busy, busy. So busy that we'll burn out. And some of you here today, you're just busy and you're overwhelmed, overwhelmed with stress. I pray that today that you'll be at rest. Be at rest for your soul. Be still and wait on the Lord and reflect on who he is. Reflect on what he's done and reflect what what the plan that he has for you. Be still and know. That he is God. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for your powerful word. Word that we've probably read before, but we've never internalized it. And God, I pray that today, I pray that today we will allow your word to land inside of us. So that we can start living by the unforced rhythm of your grace. Help us to stop living by the world's rhythm, but by your rhythm. And some of us here today, were are just stressed. We're busy. We feel burnout. I pray, God, today. I pray that they will find rest in you alone. Not rest in whatever the world has to offer, but rest in you. I pray that we will be still be still. Whether it's five minutes as we begin this week. God, I pray that some of us here today, that's what we need to start. It's to take five minutes and be still before you. To be still. To stop. To quiet our soul. To pause. To be still. God, I pray that we will wait. We're so impatient. God, I pray we will wait from you. We will wait for you. We will wait on you. That we never get ahead of you, but we wait on what you want us to do. And God, help us to know this, that you will show up. You will arrive. I God, I pray that we will wait for your perfect timing, not our timing, but your perfect timing. And God, as we find rest for our soul, that we reflect on what you've done, what you've done for our salvation, what you've done because we don't deserve the life that we're living, but that we're forgiven and free. And we have a relationship with you. Help us to reflect on who you are, that you are the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're in control of everything. And all things are working out together for your good. God, help us to reflect on who you are. God, help us to reflect on what you're going to do. God, I pray that you will help us to focus on you. Help us not to be worried about tomorrow. Help us to see that you are in the tomorrow, that you are in the future, and that you will be faithful just as you always been, and you will be faithful from here on out. God, I pray that you will help us find rest. Find rest so that we can have your peace, in our, in our lives. Yes, we might be busy. But we have a soul that's calm. And I pray that's what we do. I pray that's what happened this week. Perhaps God is someone here that doesn't have a relationship with you. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. They can't be still in you. They can't wait on you. They can't reflect because you've never done anything for them yet. God, I pray that today they will know that you are God and they can come to a saving grace and to a saving knowledge of you and find hope in you alone, to find peace in you alone, to find rest for a troubled, weary soul. I pray that today they will take a next step, a next step in asking you to come into the come to that and his or her life they will take that next step today and become a new creation in Christ and begin the journey of living the life that we were meant to live, that you had created us for, that you had designed us for. We were made to live not for us, but for you and you alone. And so God, we thank you. We pray for peace and calm in this world that we're living in. Help us to live by the unforced rhythm of your grace. In your name I pray, amen.